0: Indy, please, I'm doing something here. What are you doing? You're usually not the one that makes the noise. Oh, hello, Basil. How are you? Basil, tell the people that this episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Insulet, makers of the Omnipod system, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. Go ahead, Basil. Come on over here and tell them. Come here, buddy. What are you doing? Come on up here. Go ahead. Tell the nice people. And now the phone's ringing, Basil. If you could answer the phone, then I'd have a dog. Everybody, this is episode thirty-four of the Juicebox Podcast. Welcome. Prepare to be, and please, I'm sorry if you're listening, Jenna, and don't be embarrassed. Prepare to be impressed by an 18-year-old girl named Jenna, who um, has had type one diabetes since she's 13, and might be the most responsible, reasonable, and articulate young woman that I've ever spoken to. I hope my children grow up to be half the person that she appears to be. Um, you know. You're not gonna find a lot of 18 year olds who who realize that grains are not good for their blood sugars and then just completely ignore them and wanna be psychologists and are dancers and have such really, oh my God, I, 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 I want Jenna's mom to, I wanna go back in time and let Jenna's mom raise me. Okay, here we go. I am getting ready to call Jenna Feely. Jenna is 18 years old. She's a psych student and has had diabetes for five years. Here we go. Um, click. Ringing. Do, do, do. This is where the music will go. Do, 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 do. Jenna?
1: Hello.
0: Hi. How are you? So good. How are you?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Excellent. Um, I, if you listen to the podcast, which you said you do. Yes. Uh, we're just really going to just get going. So. Um, All right I'm, rec- right. I'm recording, so I'm ready to go. You are 18 years old? Yes. Okay. Is
1: correct.
0: And diagnosed when you were 13?
1: Yeah, it was December 2010, so I was around 13 and a half, yeah.
0: Okay. All right, so you're not even, you're coming up on five years then?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, that's yeah. cool. Give me one second. one second. Hold on. I'll be, two seconds, I'll be right back. All right. Sorry, Arden just came home from school and she went through here like, oh, no a, like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm hearing myself echo a little bit. Are you wearing headphones? Uh,
1: I just took earbuds out. Is it better now?
0: If, is, if you're listening through earbuds, then that's perfect. Okay, great. Okay, that's much better. So, okay. So, okay, so diagnosed at 13 in December. You're yeah. 18 now. You're coming up on five years. Yeah. And, um, you kind of when you wrote to me and said you thought you'd like to be on the podcast I thought that was really exciting because a lot of parents of kids who have type 1 listen to the show and a lot of them have younger children so you're kind of you're kind of the ghost of the christmas future kind of thing <laughs> so um and I think it would be really interesting to hear so can you tell me a little bit about um when you were diagnosed and and how your parents handled it initially
1: so no diagnosed, I was a rhythmic gymnast and I don't know how many of you guys know what rhythmic gymnastics is but it's basically gymnast- a mix of gymnastics with ballet and you use ribbons balls, hoops, and clubs and I was competing so it was kind of significant to be diagnosed mm-hmm. um, I started to just get really really weak during my practices but I also think that Exercise from gymnastics may have delayed the diagnosis a little bit.
0: You think maybe, you think maybe your blood sugar was being brought down by all the um, the intense exercise?
1: Probably because yeah. it was it was about like six hours a day of gymnastics. So, um, I think I really do think that it delayed the diagnosis a little bit, just mm-hmm. because my blood sugars were probably being more even than they would be if I wasn't doing all that exercise.
0: No, that that makes sense. I you know a long time ago when you were diagnosed before you know before insulin they just put you on a regimen of um, of a lot of exercise and and very little food. So
1: oh yeah, it, it does, yep, that definitely makes sense. Diet. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So okay, so you so when you're diagnosed is I'm I'm sorry, you're, were your parents are your parents together? Yes. Well, they were okay, and so um, did one of them kind of take the reins of diabetes more than the other? Did they share it kind of equally or did they, because you were 13, did it kind of fall on you?
1: Well, um, my mom definitely took the reins more. We've always been really close. So, you know,
0: it seemed she natural
1: to me with diabetes a lot. But the thing is that I was spending a lot of time away from my mom mm-hmm. and I needed to learn how to take care of it by myself, so really, I don't know, maybe it's like two days after I was diagnosed, I was really doing most of it, just because I wasn't around her much, and she had to work, so,
0: so you yeah. So, you picked it up a little, and you started with, did you start with injections, or did you start right away on an insulin pump?
1: I started on injections, and I'm actually still on injections, Okay, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I,
0: I believe that. Uh, it's working well for you?
1: Yeah, it is working well. And with all the dance and gymnastics, I just never really wanted to have something on my body, so
0: Yeah, so that was natural. So how long did you do the do you still do the dance now in college or
1: I just stopped dance in the spring, but I had been doing yeah, physical activity time as diagnosed till then. So
0: Okay. And so now you you just you just started college?
1: Yeah, sort of. I started kind of slowly last year with some online classes because I was um, traveling away from home nice. for dance, and this year I'm going more full force now. Though, okay. so
0: yeah. Okay, so I guess so. Th- the dance is ending. Um, do you see? Have you seen a difference in your blood sugars um, and you're kind of like?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I try to exercise as much as I can like I like to do between half an hour and an hour a day because it really makes a difference you know it really really helps with insulin sensitivity and yeah I didn't have to do that for a while so it's kind of new but um physical activity definitely helps me a lot so I make sure I keep up with that
0: okay do you use a glucose monitor by any chance no I don't no okay um okay so your parents I guess it sounds like because of your your schedule more than anything else, a lot of the the day to day stuff falls to you what did you hmm let me how do I ask you this like did you find it difficult? was it overwhelming, or did you kind of just take it and say well i'm so I need to do this or what was your attitude like at the time
1: um, it's kind of interesting because i still when I was first diagnosed, I don't think that i understood the seriousness of type 1 right? and it's taken me until I don't know maybe a year ago to really understand how serious it really is and how much can actually happen so I don't know maybe that's a good thing that I didn't really understand at the beginning but um,
0: but you were still doing this you were still taking the steps you were supposed to take and insulin before your meals and, and correcting and things like that yeah have you gone through any kind of periods where, I mean, have you, you know, because it's such an interesting time, 13, you know, to 18, um, just, uh, obviously a ton of changes for you personally and your body and, and your maturity and everything. Did you have any rebellious feelings about diabetes?
1: No, I never have.
0: Oh, well, that's excellent. Good for you.
1: I've always been very um, fearful of complications. Okay. So that... That's a total motivator
0: for me. Yeah, sure. I have to admit that um you know, there's nights when I'm too tired to get out of bed and you know, the idea of the complications for my daughter is what gets me up. So yeah, I, I think that makes total you sense. Don't sleep.
1: That's what's <laughs> keeping you going, I know.
0: Yeah. And so how do you um so no you have no glucose monitor in you, your are you away at school or are you are you do you commute to school?
1: I commute. Okay. I'm living so, at home. So
0: overnights, you're still with your parents. Do your parents do you think they check on you overnight or do you my know? mom
1: checks on me overnight? Yeah, she does the overnight which is really nice cuz I get to sleep through the night. But yeah. yeah, she does she does every night.
0: So she come in and give you a finger stick while you're sleeping?
1: Yep, she does.
0: Nice. And do you've noticed it at all?
1: No. No. <laughs> uh,
0: Arden drinks juice boxes completely asleep.
1: It's so funny. I I'm just oh my gosh, I sleep through everything now.
0: <laughs> do you, do you think about that like like what the next step is going to be when you don't live at home one day? Like what will the overnights be like?
1: Yeah, well, when I was traveling for dance, I... the altogether is probably like a year that I was away from home. So I've already done some of that, and right. I did it okay. You know, like, the, the thing that I like about being home, though, is that because I know that my mom will take care of me, I can have more steady blood sugars, and when I'm away from home... I have like I pretty much have to play it a little bit safe with my sugars
0: mm-hmm.
1: without a glucose monitor and anything. So I like being home because I think my sugars are just more steady and I don't miss alarms and stuff. But and you, I have already um, experienced doing it myself overnight. Yeah. So.
0: What's the range you shoot for? Like, where where are you happy with your blood sugar during the day and then overnight?
1: During the day, see, I correct basically anything over 110
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and let's see overnight i'm usually around 120 130 ish that's my last a1c was 6.9 and we're pretty happy with that
0: yeah that's excellent that's really great i mean especially without any of the technology that's quite an accomplishment uh are you do you experience a lot of do you have a lot of bad lows in any given month or not not really
1: no I really don't have
0: a okay that's excellent. I, uh,
1: uh, I test my sugar so much that um I usually catch
0: pretty well, early Well so, okay so you like to test a lot so um yeah. how many times does that, what does that mean like a day
1: It's like 20
0: Do you ever think that maybe a glucose monitor is right for you cuz you sound interested in in that
1: Yeah Yeah we've been thinking about it actually I'm kind of in the process right now, but only the very early stages of, you know, like, um, talking to my doctor and talking to the glucose monitor
0: people. Which which one are you looking at?
1: Um, definitely the Dexcom. Okay.
0: I have to, I, I honestly, without the Dexcom CGM, I don't think my daughter's blood sugar would be as stable. Um, and I don't think her, her A1C would be where it is If I didn't have that I mean, I like to think I'm pretty good at this But I think keeping a 6.9 with injections And no uh, no no lows and no glucose monitor You you might be a wizard that, That's pretty cool
1: <laughs> Thank you what,
0: well, Go ahead
1: Yeah, I definitely think that it would help me Because there are some times when um, You know, I'll just be doing my daily stuff I'll correct, the correction won't work And then like I don't test until an hour later. It's 250 already, and I can see um, with a continuous glucose monitor, I would be able to get alerted before it went that high. So
0: yeah, it definitely allows you to be more aggressive, I guess, and because because then because when you're injecting and then you're going to be blind to what your blood sugar is till you test again, there is that kind of feeling. I mean, there was for me when I did it with my daughter, and I don't know if if how you feel, but. But that idea of like, well, I can't go too heavy because if I go the wrong way, I'm not going to know, you know, if I get too, I'm not going to know if I, you know, if I get too low. But then, like you said, sometimes there's, there's stubborn blood sugars. Like this morning, Arden left the house. I think her blood sugar was like 93 when she left the house for school today. And then she got to school and, you know, she starts running around and everything. And I just watched it drift up over an hour, like it creeped up and crept up. And finally, when it got to like... I think like one forty five I, I texted her at school and I was like, you know, we need to bolus. So she bolused enough insulin to move it back. It didn't move. And then it slid up again. And then, you know, in a normal situation, I would have waited hours. But when I could see that it was not just not moving, but it was going up, then I was able to like adjust her basal rate and give her more insulin and then get her blood sugar to, I think it was one eleven before lunch. Like, so, you know, like that that, it definitely gives you a, a like when you tell me that you test that often – you sound like somebody who would really like it.
1: I think I would really
0: like it. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Okay. So um, between 15 and 18, I mean, let's talk about, like, if you don't mind, Is um, has diabetes had much of, a, of an impact on, like, your dating life?
1: Well, I've been homeschooled and in an all-girl, well, in rhythmic gymnastics, all-girl sport. So I really haven't dated much at all yet.
0: Well, as a father, I think that's fantastic. I'd like to keep you away from boys for as long as possible.
1: (laughs) But the thing, you know, I've thought about it, and I think how I would handle that situation is I would just um, let, I want everyone to know I have diabetes, Mm -hmm. you know, before anything else happens so that people will already know I have diabetes before we got together or something, you know?
0: Do you find the people your age understand when you explain that you have diabetes or do you think they're as lost as everyone, but a lot of people find, you know, strangers to, to type one, to be kind of confused by it or, or they misunderstand it. But when you, when you tell your friends, do you think they, um, sorry, I'm getting a phone call from, um, let just send a little text it says I can't talk. Um, do you find that they understand, it? like, is there a greater understanding among younger people or than older people or, or do you see no difference?
1: Well, you know, for me, I've been really, really lucky. My friends have all been super understanding, really nice about it. Yeah. Like, they check in on me sometimes. It's never annoyed me. Um, I don't know. I've just been really, really lucky. That's I excellent. think I think people do understand and usually they respect it.
0: yeah, that's excellent. and so so your friends take the time to understand it. Um, do they ever help you with it? Do you ever find that they're interested in being involved, or do they they kind of give you your privacy? Or
1: um, they they give me my privacy. Okay. They don't really, they don't really, you know, ask me what my sugar is at a given moment or something. Sometimes if I'm acting weird, they'll be like your sugar high or is your sugar low you
0: know but <laughs> maybe they're but, your, they can be your glucose monitor Yeah, um, exactly. so I don't want to get away from the diabetes too harshly but I am I'm finding myself very interested by the idea you're homeschooled and and you're obviously very seriously dancing for like a, a, a big part of your adolescence what, what was the goal with that like were you were you trying to get to something that I don't know about in dance like is there like a professional level that you were working towards or are you still
1: At the time I was interested maybe in professional dance but I was really just more I just loved it like yeah. I just really loved it. Well, that's cool. And as I've grown up I've just decided that I want to start working towards my career. I'm Majoring in psychology in college. And, you know, I just realized that at this point I better start that or because da- gets too late. Especially
0: because the dance obviously takes up a lot of time. I mean, from yeah. your, your description of it, I, I don't know how you would do that and go to college at the same time. So, um, okay, so, huh. So, what kind of insulin do you use? I didn't ask you that earlier, but I'm interested.
1: I use Novolog.
0: Novolog, okay. Yeah. And so, you're, you're using a pen or are you are you. Yes. Do you, yeah. I
1: am using a pen. Oh, cool. I always have, actually.
0: From the start? Yeah,
1: okay. from the start. Now,
0: and... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you if um, if you, you said you didn't use an insulin pump because of dance, would you have, do you think, if you didn't dance? Or do you think you, you have such a good rhythm with it now you don't even need to think about it?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I... I don't know. I just feel like I've created a rhythm, like you said, yeah. with using the pen and stuff. But the other thing is that depending on like my activity, my stress levels, what I'm eating that day, mm-hmm. my um, insulin needs change every day.
0: Yeah.
1: And I feel like I can control it more with just injecting how much I you know, no I need to inject that diet instead of having kind of set carb to insulin ranges and stuff. So I don't know.
0: Okay. No I, I mean listen a lot of people inject and, and have a ton of success. I was just interested to know if it was something you were thinking about or not. Tell yeah. me tell me a little more about the relationship between your parents and yourself, you know, specific to the diabetes. Were there Were there ever any difficulties, and if so, what were they? Or do you think there's something your parents did that made things go so well for you that you could share with other people who are parents?
1: Yeah, actually, you know, one thing that my mom... Actually, my whole family, when I was diagnosed, they really didn't have a crazy reaction or anything. They were just... They acted like it was totally normal, which is kind of funny, but no one... No one had a huge reaction diagnosed. My mom just took it, you know, like really steadily, really calmly. No one was, you know, it, it, I think it helped me that they acted a big deal. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, so they kept kind of an even head about it and which helped you react similarly. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's, first of all, I think that's great advice for anybody. And it. You know, I think when somebody's hysterical around you, it's very easy to to get hysterical along with them. Um, Anything they – is there anything, like, like as you got older, you know, in your teens, did you – was there any – so you you didn't have a lot of – like, there wasn't a lot of bumps. So I'm trying to figure out how that happened, if you're just mellow people to begin with or if your mom, like I said, is, you know, it's just – extra good at this or if you're a wizard I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is Um, but because that's because I think by now most people would say like you know adolescent years are and it's hard listen it's hard to be reflective about what that means when you're actually 18 but but you know like usually you would think you think of mothers and daughters maybe having kind of some some conflicts in your age range but you're not seeing that yeah
1: my mom and I have never thought much and uh, i mean we i don't remember one time we thought about diabetes okay i mean sometimes i want to keep it lower during the night
0: mm-hmm.
1: or something really small like that she wants to be a little bit more careful um but besides that that's really the only
0: yeah not really what well, kind of um how would you describe your diet? Like are you are,
1: Yeah, I pay really close attention to my diet. I really um can't eat grain or processed sugar type things. They just make me so insulin resistant that I'm battling high blood sugars all day.
0: Okay, so you avoid cuz you cut out just for a little bit for a second. Do you, you eat did you say you eat green or
1: Oh, I don't eat
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. And so, yeah. like, so what's a, like, here, here's a great, like, do you experience, like, a big spike in the morning, like a lot of people talk about, or no?
1: Um. Yeah, the mornings are definitely the hardest times for me. Sometimes I have a spike. I really try not to. Sometimes it happens anyway. Yeah. But um, it's really... Like, the reason I don't eat grains is because they make me really insulin resistant. Right. And then I do get that spike.
0: Okay. Um, And so, like, give me an example of a couple of foods you avoid because of that.
1: Um, I don't eat bread. I definitely don't eat, like, cereal or anything white and sugary.
0: Yeah. Do you stay away from pasta, too?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: I have to. I mean, I wholly admit that. I mean, that's something my daughter does, you know, too, for the most part. Yesterday, yesterday morning, she woke up at a uh, at a sleepover. She slept over at someone's house the night before, and and I got this text message of this like it, it. It was a bagel that looked like it was bigger than my face, and and Arden's like, "This is what they're giving us for breakfast." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so we like piled. Um, insulin on, like, you know, I felt like we were throwing it on her with buckets and, uh, and upped her, her background insulin to take care of it. It actually went okay. Um, but it easily could have gone the wrong way. And, and, and many times it does. Um, but that's a big deal. So like, so this is really interesting because at your age, like you're very interested in keeping your blood sugar in a certain range so much so that you're, you know, you're, you're adjusting your own diet. You know, you're testing yourself more than anybody, I would assume, really wants to be testing themselves. You're, yeah. e- you're even kind of having conversations with your mom where you're like, hey, I think my blood sugar could be lower overnight. Um, and that's just a sense of self-preservation, right? Like you just, you're just trying to make yourself a healthier person and and, and live a nice, long, happy life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really, really um, scary to me. Complications just freak me out. as I think they do freak everyone out, but sure. I really – can't stand the thought of getting any kind of complication while I'm young, or you know.
0: But so, so, but, but when you think about that, it it doesn't make you feel. Pr- it doesn't. It sounds like it doesn't stress you out or make you feel pressure. It makes you feel resolve. Is that I don't
1: fair? know. I I felt pretty stressed out at times, but you know, I think that I've been dealing with this for five years now, and. You know, you can't really live your life stressed out all the time. It does, I mean, it does make me feel pressured to keep my sugar in a certain range, and it can also, one thing is that it makes the highs more stressful,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because, you know, but I don't know, you just have to put it into perspective, you know, if I'm doing everything I can right now, then... And everything I can in yeah. the past is in the
0: past, and just get it together as quickly as possible and move yeah. on. Yeah. So, do you think that perspective that you've gained from managing diabetes do you do you find it helping you in other places in your life?
1: Yeah, diabetes gives me a really great perspective on life because it puts my priorities straight. That's what I like about it. It really helps me, you know, figure out what's really important because I always put diabetes before pretty
0: much anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I I would tell you that, um, I think I want to say it was Friday night this week, just so a handful of days ago, um, Arden went to her softball team was having some party. They were like all decorating shirts or something to wear to, to a Halloween tournament that's coming up. So she went to a friend's house, you know, and my understanding of what they were going to be doing was they were going to be inside decorating shirts and having snacks. And, you know, we were going to come back, get them in a couple of hours. And so we were managing her blood sugars back and forth between us. You know, I can see her, her Dexcom remotely on my phone and we're texting back and forth. So we're making all, we're making all these decisions and her blood sugar got real like stubborn. Like I don't know another way to put it. Like it wasn't moving. Mm -hmm. And so I think my wife actually texted her and gave her like, you know, a pretty big bolus of insulin. Well, it turns out that the shirt decorating didn't go well at all. So they weren't decorating the shirts anymore the mom who bought the paint got the wrong stuff and so they went outside instead and were running around the neighborhood so while we're texting Arden like hey you know your blood sugar's stuck let's go ahead and um, bolus for this it was our interpretation that she was inside the house sitting still when she was really running around so we get her home and as she kind of comes in the door her blood sugar is about 115 but it's dropping quickly so you don't have a glucose monitor yet but She's two hours down, so she's dropping like over three points a minute. So I was like, I didn't, you know, very, very much don't try not to over-treat highs or lows. So I said, hey, just drink this one juice box and let's see if this will stop the arrows and level you out. And it absolutely did. Like her blood sugar kind of bounced up. It was right around 100. It was nice and steady for a long time after, after that. And I put her to bed, you know, a number of hours later, and I got in bed. And, um, maybe 15 minutes after I got in bed, her, her Dexcom alarmed that she was, um, her blood sugar had dropped kind of like quickly and she was now 75 and it indicated that, that it was a uh, one arrow down. So it was dropping like, you know, two points per minute. And when I went into her bedroom to do something about it and she was asleep already, I looked at the monitor and the graph was so like, dras- it, it had dropped so drastically and, you know, because it was a low and it was falling, I wanted to test her to to double check the number on the, on the glucose monitor because they're not always perfect. You know, they're a little more about the arrow than the number sometimes. And I tested her blood sugar and it was 28. Now, she hasn't been low like that in a really, really long time. But to talk about perspective, I can think back to a time where, like, testing my daughter's blood sugar and seeing that it was 28 would have just put me, like, you know what I mean? Like it would have it would have felt like fireworks were going off in my head. But instead, I just kind of pulled out this juice box that I had in her room and I woke her up and I said, hey, I need you to drink this. She drank it. I called to my wife and I was like, I need you to come in here. I'm going to go downstairs and get some food. So she walked in. We passed each other in the hallway. I went and got her like a banana and I grabbed more juice just in case we needed it. And it was a, it was the weirdest low. Like She wasn't dizzy. Like, she didn't really notice that she was low or anything like that, which is not the case. Arden usually feels low under about 60. And so um, I think maybe it had happened so quickly, maybe she didn't even have time to feel it. and yeah. so and, uh, You know what I mean? And so we're sitting there, and I gave her – she ate a banana. And by now, it's a banana, and it's a juice box. It's 35, 40 carbs. It's, it's probably enough, you know? But there's such yeah. a, there's such a feeling in the back of your head, like, just keep feeding the low blood sugar – And at the same time, she's talking to me and she's like, I am so hungry. Now, I know from talking to adults that when you're really low, it just gives you that feeling like you could just eat the whole kitchen. I know. Right, right. right. So but so she and I talked about it and I was like, and I felt terrible. But I was like, look, you know, we got to really resist the urge to to over treat this. Your blood sugar is going to jump way up. You know, I'm like, we have to you know, kind of hold tight. And so I laid with her for a while until it stabled out. But. I think my whole point in telling the whole stupid you – know, that, that whole story is that I was never really nervous or upset or – you know what I mean? Like, it didn't throw me off or anything like that. It just was it, – it, it just it, – it didn't feel normal, and obviously it was an emergency. But but I think it's the – like, you see so much with diabetes. Like, at this point, like, I think a meteor would have to fall through my roof to get me upset. You, you, you know, like You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so when, like, normal life kind of happens – you just you you feel like you're a little more mature, and just talking to you now for you know a little bit of time, you sound way more mature than 18. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. No, you're welcome. So it is, and so are you finding, are you finding this kind of like comfort in other parts of your life? Like, I mean, is you, you know, are kids freaking out about college, and you're just sort of like this is no big deal, or where else do you find yeah. that helping you?
1: Yeah. It just, you know, it just helps me, like say I have a test, I think, you know, I think one thing that really helps me is that diabetes is more important for me than, to take care of, than a test. Even though I do put everything into school, Mm -hmm. diabetes still comes first. So it's not, the test is not the number one most important thing to me in that moment. So it just helps me calm
0: down and take the rest of life a little bit less seriously. Yeah, well, that sounds good. That really sounds like a great way to live, actually. So, uh, and you're not the first, or even probably fiftieth person to say something like this that I've heard. You know, like the idea that just living, living with like a real possibility of your own. You know, I mean, you know, we don't really talk about it in those words, but you know, it's understood. You know, you talk about your blood sugar getting too low. You're talking about having a seizure. You know, if you're by yourself, you're talking about, you know, possibly dying if no one's there to help you and you can't help yourself. It it is a real, um, it's a reality that you live with that I don't think a lot of people understand. Like, you know, most people cognitively believe that the end of their life is going to come when they're very old. And, and therefore, you know, you don't, it's not even something I think you ever consider in the course of a normal day. But once you have and once it's shown to be like a real thing, and I guess it's hard to get upset that you have a test, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. You really, you have to consider every single situation, you know, the worst possible outcome could happen, you yeah,
0: know? Yeah, it's just not something everyone needs, it, it, that everyone has to think about in the course of their day. But but obviously there's a real lesson from it. So, um, okay, so in college you said you're going to be, you're, you're, you're studying to be a psychologist? Yes. Oh that's excellent. Um, is that how is there a way you is there have you thought of like a, a way to focus that that as a as a profession or are you still just kinda looking into it right now? You're pretty young.
1: I I think I'm pretty set on psychology. I've really liked it for a while, so yeah, it's what I wanna do. <laughs> that's
0: cool. That's excellent. So you're gonna help other people. Do you think do you think that comes do you think that desire to help other people? is in any way related to you having type 1?
1: Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about getting diabetes is I think that you kind of... You start to understand other people's problems more clearly because you kind of have experience with it yourself with difficult situations, and it kind of opens your eyes up to the real world, if you will. So... Yeah, I think that it did have an impact on my decision about to study in college. You, you, you,
0: do, you have a, you, do you feel a real empathy for people when you, when you start hearing about the struggles they have?
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that when you can imagine it yourself, it really helps you understand what other people
0: are going through. That is very And well I had a
1: very laid-back, easy, fun childhood, so there was nothing, nothing else for me to... You know help me put other people's problems in perspective so
0: right and i guess too like i don't know a lot about being homeschooled but it, it i guess it does sort of keep you in sort of your own little biosphere most of the time too because you're not you're not leaving the house as much so you're not having as many like kind of interactions and 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 i guess it is an easier way to keep things settled how much about being homeschooled do you think helped your you with your diabetes like do you think, I think that-
1: it helped me a lot yeah Because you're, you know, number one, I think you're just way more focused on it. There's not as many distractions. There's no peer pressure either, which Mm -hmm. I think is really good for diabetes. Um, You know, no mandatory gym time or a test at this certain time.
0: Yeah, I guess so, and if you want to have lunch a little early because your blood sugar dictates it, it's not like it that's not a big deal either like it, you're, yeah, there's exactly. more freedom of time. So how would you describe yourself with your with your pen like so you've got your NovoFlex pen out and it's you need you need insulin but you're I don't know, you're at the zoo. Would you go find a place or would you just dial that thing up and yank your shirt up and stick it in your belly and keep moving?
1: Like, yeah, I do it. I do it while I'm walking. Yeah. Right then and there.
0: <laughs> That's excellent.
1: I, you know, I was a little bit, maybe a little insecure about it when I was diagnosed for a couple of years, maybe. But at this point I don't, I don't care. Yeah.
0: See, so you're such a good example of, of the, the, the necessity of, of letting kids kind of have a trial by fire, um, you know, grow, uh, Experiences they're growing up, you know, because it sounds like, you know, your mom's like, look, you're not going to be around me that much. You got to figure out how to do this, figure it out, go, you know, take care of it. And then you get in this interesting situation where you are not out in public a lot, where you have a lot of ex, you know, a lot of opportunities to, to actually let people see that you have diabetes, but yet at 18, you're, you you can walk and shoot insulin at the same time. Like, so <laughs> you, you are really. I think what we're learning here is that we should all have been raised by your mom. I think <laughs> is she the one that did the homeschooling?
1: Yeah, she she did for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started to do a program called Laurel Springs for high school. So
0: yeah. So you literally you did it online, just on. Like, so were you kind of like the the arbiter of your own day? Did you get up and just have to follow a schedule with the online and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, you're way more responsible than I am, I think, now Now that I'm really looking at it, Um, or most people listening, probably. Hey, guys, I'm getting ready to record the ad for uh, today's episode, and look who's here. Say hi. Oh, hi. It's Arden. Arden, you want to read the ad? Sure. Go ahead, try it. You want to do what you want to do without worrying, including all those fun fall activities at Omnipod
1: can help you. You get... C- oh God,
0: continuous.
1: Can't.
0: Okay, no. Say it. You're doing good. You I get, get continuous insulin delivery, and it's waterproof. So what? Say it. Say it. <laughs> so you don't have to. See. All right. Ready? You get continuous insulin delivery, and it's waterproof, so you don't have to disconnect for daily activities. Even better, it's totally discreet, with no tubing to tangle or to dictate what you wear. That's pretty great. The best way to understand Omnipod is to try it for yourself. So go, so get a free demo kit, including a sample non-functioning pod by going to... Where do they go? www.myomnipod.com The Slashy key Demo. I think what she meant was www.myomnipod.com forward slash demo and see what you think. Is there any obligation, Arden? Uh, no. No, there's no obligation. Let me try this myomnipodcom forward slash demo let me see oh that's pretty simple you just go here you put in your first name last name email address preferred phone number and there's a couple check boxes and then you click request your demo now that is pretty easy okay um geez i don't know why you wouldn't try it all right let's get back to the show huh So you were telling me uh, in your email that you had started an Instagram account where you were trying to help people like with diabetes tips but you got locked out of it did that, did you get back in
1: Yes I did my brother helped me resolve it and I got back in yesterday so that's super exciting uh,
0: No kidding <laughs> what, what's your Instagram name
1: It's um it's diabetes tips
0: Just okay I'll put a link yeah. in the show notes so people can find it Thank you. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and I'll I'll follow you too. You you were like I'm trying to help people but I got locked out and I was like Yeah. <laughs> I was like that's funny. I know
1: that was really frustrating, but I'm super glad I got back in cuz I I really enjoy um, talking to others about diabetes cuz again, I don't have anybody in my life who has type 1 and sometimes you can feel isolated. So And so uh,
0: you're so you're going to school in Chicago, so you obviously live in in the area. Yes. And you grew up there?
1: No, I grew up in near Washington DC. It was Germantown, oh. Maryland.
0: Oh, okay. Oh that's yeah. that's interesting. So you were more of an East Coast kid, but now you're in Chicago. But so your family moved?
1: Yep, we moved to Chicago. My sister is still a rhythmic gymnast and there is a really um she's fifteen. There's okay. a really, really great coach here. So that's
0: why we're here. Wow! So you moved. You moved so your sister could be near a da- for, near a dance coach.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: Hold on. Diabetes tips. Is the last thing you put up? You are helpful and you are loved. Is that you? Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah. fo- I'm following you right now. I'm at Arden's day. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Um. While well, you do so, wow, that's amazing. You're doing great with this. I can see why you're mad. You got locked out. You have almost like five thousand followers.
1: Yeah, it's so annoying, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, I've I've got got back in now. Listen,
0: so. I gotta ask you to put a picture up for the podcast on yours. Yours is way better than mine. I'm too old to be good at Instagram. <laughs> oh, so, of
1: course, I will.
0: What is it I don't understand about Instagram?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love. no, don't I say
0: don't don't, don't, don't be modest, Jenna. Don't be modest. You've got like 200 likes on like on like memes. What am I doing wrong? I okay.
1: I've had this. Like, years now
0: and I just I don't know I don't know well, that's pretty cool so you are so is this the way you connect with people in the diabetes community through Instagram yeah yeah
1: it's mainly through
0: Instagram that's so cool yeah I, I you know I've my blog is like is it's been up for a really long time yeah and I love your blog. Do go ahead and say that one more time so people can hear what'd you say <laughs> <laughs>
1: everyone goes to your blog no,
0: I'm just kidding and so and so like you know I, I mean to be fair I'm a I'm a like, man. I'm in my forties. I, you know, Facebook's probably not the first thing I would do on my own if you know you left me to my own. But I have a blog and I want to support it and find people online. And the way I figured it out, I guess people my age figure it out, is through Facebook. Um, and but kids, like, really, it's more like, like, what is, you, what would you say you use more like Snapchat, Instagram, like that kind of stuff? Yes. And when you talk, I'm- when you talk to friends, do you do you like use Instagram Messenger and stuff like that?
1: No, just text. I really don't use Instagram Messenger that much. I don't know. I mainly text. But with people who have diabetes, it's um, really, really convenient because you don't have to have each other's phone numbers. You can just do it right then and there.
0: So would you say, would you say, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but would you say you have like, you have like real like supportive conversations like in the comment section of on Instagram?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: That's amazing. I should have just, like, got you to run my Instagram. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> right? I had no idea. <laughs> That's, that really is. Well, listen, the reason I find it inspiring is because obviously I've, like, been doing this for, like, a reasonably long time. And I know a lot of people who, you know, started doing it around the time I was doing it or have been doing it that long. People I've met who are all very, very interested in helping other people, just like you're talking about. And, and, you know, the tools to do it with back then, I mean, even though it's only a few years, technology moves so quickly that they're they're not the same tools anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. like it really does. The internet changes things so quickly. Like, so are you anywhere else? Are you on Tumblr or what, what other things will I sound old saying? Tumblr?
1: um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, i thought about Tumblr, but. I don't know. I honestly don't understand Tumblr that well. Thank you for saying I haven't
0: that. I really used it. <laughs> I really I, – Jen. I really appreciate you saying that because I want to think that I know what Tumblr is. I feel like it's like a blogging platform, but then it has it that rolling nature of, like, timelines that then stops me from understanding how it's a blog. So –
1: I know, I know. It's kind of confusing. I haven't looked into it that much.
0: I bet if your mom taught a class in social media, you, you would be fantastic. <laughs> she really is a, a sage wisdom. What does your mom do for a living?
1: She's a psychiatrist.
0: Oh, oh, that's yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, and so she has a practice outside of your house, outside of your home. Or yeah, does she,
1: she does. She
0: does. And so you want to be a psychologist. So difference between psychiatrist and psychologist. I I'm don't know what I'm talking about here, but I want to say that it's the ability to write prescriptions
1: Exactly. Yeah, she'll be can well she does prescribe medicine for people and I I won't be able to do that I'm just more like conversational therapy type thing right
0: right and so and so if if somebody went to your Instagram diabetes tips Would they see that from you? Do you take the lead on these conversations? Are are you out? My question, I guess, is: Are you out in social media with your diabetes right now, looking for support for yourself, or are you offering support, or is it a mix of the two?
1: I think it's a mix of the two. You know, like I like I like having it because it's just nice to remember that you're not in this alone, Mm -hmm. and other people are dealing with it. But at the same time. I like to support people who are feeling lost. So I would say it's a mix.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a, that's a wonderful um, way for you to spend your time actually. So thank you. Um, it, it really is. And is it mem or mem? how do you say the word?
1: It's mem. I, I think it's mem. I'm pretty so, sure. So
0: yeah. I am actually saying it correctly. See, I feel like if I put up a picture of it that said, when you correctly guess your blood sugar, and with this little baby making the fist, oh yeah! I feel like if I put that up, four people would like it.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to copy your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And see how, see, see if it's me or you, because I think he, you might be the, um, the catalyst here. I think it's, well, all right. Now this has gone off into a place where I just feel old for not completely understanding Instagram. And so, um, <laughs> Uh, okay so anyway I'm sorry i got i got sad there for a minute <laughs> I was like Jen is so good at this um okay so where do you see where do you see your your set like it, during college do you see yourself kind of getting offline with your advocacy or is your I mean do you look at around school I mean are there kids there that you think could you know did you ever think about talking to people in real life that have diabetes or Or Um, or do you find it enough, like, online?
1: If I could get together with some people who had type 1, I would love to do that. But I I just think it's kind of hard because, I mean, I don't know where other people are who have type (laughs) 1 near me. But, you know, I would love to talk to people in person if the opportunity came up. But, you know, I think the thing about social media is that you can connect so many more people than just, you know, in your daily
0: lives. So. Yeah, it is, it is a much faster path. I always just wonder about, as much as I am online and, and computer-oriented and things like that, there are so many people who aren't, and I, I always wonder, like, where do they find that support? And it's you know, like, how, know. You know, how do you get this, like, online feeling to people offline? And I don't know if there is a great way to do it or not. Um, yeah yeah, that's why I'm enjoying the podcast too because it's it, it's sort of a, it's a it, the people who listen to podcasts are in a in know like a weird demographic all of their own a little bit., um, yeah. you know what I mean so that that that's um it's neat. I, I find it I just said neat now I feel old. did you <laughs> and so but um but but um I just think it's it's a I feel like the internet's sort of moving like this. You you, you know, like people less and less are interested in reading like I think instagram's a great, you know example that it's pictures You know, and yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. it it doesn't take
0: too long to look at a picture and 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 Accept it for what it is and decide if you like it enough to tap on it or not and move on Yeah, (laughs) it's but it's really cool that you're having conversations with people there like that's something That would not occur to me, but but it seems so Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's that's so cool. So listen. So what else? Like we're kind of winding up like we're in the last, like the home stretch here. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you, do you, w- you know, you have a diabetes tips, Instagram, so do you have a great tip? Like, like what's, what do you do that? I mean, you, you have a 6.9 a one C with injections and no glucose monitor. So we, we've heard you don't eat, you try to stay away from grains. Um, yeah. but is there anything like, are you able to like, do you inject, like we call it pre bolusing with, with a pump. You know, I give my daughter insulin like pretty significantly far out before she eats big meals. Like, do you do that?
1: Yeah, I definitely. I try to give my insulin around 15, 15 to 20 minutes after I inject, I start coming down. Right. So, yeah, I definitely do that. If I didn't do that, I would always go high.
0: Yeah. No, that's the that's for sure. I mean, um even at school, like Arden does she, we have a 15 minute pre bolus probably more like 20 by the time she actually sits down in the lunchroom. Um, you you know, and so, and some days, you know, you can see it coming that it's not going to go well. Sometimes your pre bolus and it doesn't move 20 minutes later. And sometimes you see it, it like I can see on the Dexcom, it's drifting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, but, but so where do you get that courage? Like, because that's what most people are going to say. Like I even tell people, like, I don't know if I could pre bolus like this if I couldn't see my daughter's blood sugar, but you're, you're doing it. Is it just after a certain amount of time, you just learn to trust that this is how things are going to go. Like, do you know what I mean? Like how, how do you, how do you say to yourself, I'm going to give myself a bunch of insulin right now. I mean, has it ever worked too quickly and before you could start eating, you felt low.
1: Yeah. I mean, that has happened. I, I mean, I'm really scared of it too,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but the thing is that, I test, like, I literally test so much that I know um, realistically there's not much of a chance of that. Sometimes I will test, I mean, it happens so rarely, like, maybe once every couple months, and I'm in the 60s like, after I ate, 15 minutes after I ate, I'm just a little too low. Right. I have a juice box or something, and it works fine, but that, I don't know, it just doesn't happen much. I keep I keep, like, eating really, really consistent. I try to eat very similarly, so I learn the meals, and I learn what how much insulin I need for that meal. That mm-hmm. helps me a lot. Without I, that, I, I would be kind of right, playing I, the guessing right. game all the time. Yeah,
0: if I just gave you a different meal every day that you didn't know. And I, I try to tell that to people all the time, like, when they're like, well, how do you do this? Like, this morning, like, I, I posted a picture of Arden's, um blood sugar was like 93 this morning and her her graph was really stable overnight and i just use it as sort of like a good morning for monday and try to get people engaged online and stuff like that and get everybody thinking and moving and somebody said like how do you do that and i i <laughs> the real answer is like time like i've just yeah. done it enough now that i found the rhythm to it y- y- mm-hmm. you know and like you said but but if you walked in there are some foods that like tonight Arden's gonna tonight for dinner we're gonna have chili. And so I'm assuming the kids will have like nachos with that and something. And and there's certain store brand bought nachos that I know how to bolus for. But if someone comes cruising through town, stops at Taco Bell and grabs a small bag of chips, like those, for instance, are so hard on Arden that mm. I it, it doesn't matter how often she's had them, I can't figure out how to stop them from messing her up.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's how. That's how you know most grains affect me. I just, I don't know. I've just decided it's not worth it. Like number one, they mess up my sugar. But number two, after your sugar's messed up, you're spending so much time working on getting that number down and giving insulin and testing. It just takes too much time out of my day. So I'm just like, I'm just gonna eat the same, very similar meals every day that I know.
0: Yeah, Je- Jenny, you and I are very like-minded on this, and you are super um, thoughtful about it, especially, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not trying to insult you, but for being 18, that's a, a really heady concept, like, you know, why, wh- you know, is is a piece of bread really worth messing up the next four hours of my existence, and not just my blood sugar, but my effort, and my focus, and my time, and all that other stuff, like, yeah. wouldn't it just be better to never have a slice of bread again, than, or to, exactly. or to do it in certain spots, and so... And so that's something you came to all on your own?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I mean, it's just experience and, you know, looking at what you ate and then looking at my blood sugars and being like, well, that didn't work that well, but this meal did. And then you look at the trends and you figure out what works and what doesn't.
0: So would you consider, like, so? because we're, we're kind of in a weird space here. Like, there's plenty of people who, you know, eat ice cream and then gain weight and then say to themselves, I know I gained weight because I ate ice cream, but then eat ice cream again. So is your nature, or do you not have an addictive personality by nature? Do you think, um, or are you fighting it?
1: I, I'm i an all or nothing person. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about me. So if I'm going to cut out grains or cut out bread or something, I'm just going to cut it out. Yeah. And I, don't really go back to it because I'm just all or nothing about a lot of stuff in life. So Well,
0: oh, that's that's really impressive. It really is good for you. I uh I wish I could I I don't even know that I can be. Like it's easy for me to do it with my daughter, but you know, personally, I don't have the same, you know, stick to itiveness that I do when it's for her. Like when it's for her, it's easy for me because I'm not the one you know, I'm not the one making, you know, it's not, it's not a decision that's affecting me. It's a decision that's affecting her. And she's just happens yeah. to be the kind of person who rides with it really well. Um, mm. but yeah, that's you, you listen, you've really like, I'm significantly impressed by you. Um, <laughs> you know no, you really, I think a lot of people are going to be when they listen. So I'm now going to check out your Instagram feed much more frequently. Um, because I feel like you have, better tips than I do. And I would like to hear what they are. So, <laughs> if I, And if I get confused, I will, I now know I can talk to you in the comment section of your Instagram, <laughs> which is not something a person my age understood prior to this conversation. <laughs> um, I, you know? So is that my mistake? You think is like, I'm not, am I not engaging people properly? Cause I'm just like, people are like, that's a great picture. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> that's not how it works.
1: Well, you know, one thing that I do to talk to people is I ask questions and the comments, like I ask them how blood sugars have been today, or I'll post a picture of my blood sugar and ask them what their blood sugar is right now. I don't think people would comment or engage in conversations if I didn't didn't start engage the with them too. All
0: right. Obviously, you're a social media genius. Now you're going to move on to psychology, <laughs> <No>. and <laughs> and will you? And so I, I am still like I, I am, I'm very interested and how you're going to replace the rhythmic the rhythmic gymnastics as an adult. Like do you have another sport or activity in mind? Or do you miss it? Like I guess that's my question. Like there's so much time and effort and love and heart put into something like that and now it's just kind of not there anymore. Is it something you miss?
1: I don't know. It's really strange. I don't really miss it that much. I I really did it until I was done. And mm-hmm. then the other thing is that I'm really really enjoying college because i feel like i'm also doing something you know i'm working towards my career and stuff so i don't i don't know i feel like college replaced rhythmic gymnastics and
0: yeah and and, and sort of that all or nothing kind of idea that you talked about is probably you're all in on college right now yeah
1: yeah that's
0: so cool
1: probably
0: well i um i would like to ask you to um Thank your mother for me and your father for raising like such a great person, and <laughs> um, and because seriously that it's it's everyone's concern. You know, you'll see one day again. Not to sound old, but you'll have your own kids and you'll think like, wow, like you know, it's so important to me to get this person to a good place where they can be a decent person and focus on themselves and 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 yet be able to help others. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that it sounds like comes fairly natural to you that, that, you know, as a parent, you hope your kids find. And then on top of that, you have type one and you're managing it so well and it really is, it's just very impressive. So, you know, you're very welcome. I I, I don't mean to treat you like you're my kid because I, I I certainly don't feel like that, but at the same time, it just really is. It's, it's all inspiring to listen to you. And I think it's a big deal for parents who have younger kids who have type one to hear that, you know, um, if I had to bet, Jenna, I would bet that most parents of little kids who have type one, somewhere in the recesses of the back of their mind, their main concern is that their kids are going to grow up, they're going to rebel, they're going to stop taking care of their blood sugars, they're not going to care about their health, they're going to leave for college and, you know, find a way to kill themselves with, you know, with, with bread, and um, and, uh, and you know what I mean, seriously. And 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 how do I control all this? And how do I stop? And if the inclination for parents. That are having those fears, which, by the way, are understandable, might yeah. be to, might be to clamp down more. But but I wonder if maybe hearing you talk, it, it won't make them feel like maybe if we just guide things along gently, if they don't end up in the right place. Did your mother have a firm hand with you, or was she 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 was kind of hands off, right?
1: She, yeah, she really gave us all our independence, very much so, so that you know, I I didn't feel like. She's she's making me take care of myself. I felt more like, well, if I want to be healthy, I better take care of myself like right now, yeah. you know. So it, maybe it was that she really took a back seat so that I could, you know, be fighting the diabetes instead of fighting her about diabetes.
0: Right. And you felt supported by her at the same time, even though she wasn't like right, like right over your shoulder. Yes. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. That's so that's amazing. Good for you. I listen. I don't know how a better way to end it than that. That's a really that's a really great message for people. So, um, if people want to get a hold of you, Instagram is the best way.
1: Yeah, Instagram is great. I I will get back to anyone who wants to talk to me. So I'd love to hear from anyone.
0: You're excellent. That's really cool. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the recording now, and then I'm gonna like I'm gonna ask you if you want to like do something for the blog so um so goodbye and thank you very much for being on the podcast i really appreciate it oh incidentally jenna i don't know if you know this or not this episode of the juice box podcast was sponsored by Insulate. and um i am uh would like to say thank you to omnipod for sponsoring this episode (laughs) sorry jenna thank you um i'm gonna i'm gonna pause it now but hold on for one second thanks so much Hey, if you're listening on Twitter, uh, Twitter's not a place where you can listen. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, please leave a rating and a review if you're enjoying the show. And those of you who are listening on Stitcher, hey, thank you very much. The Juice Box Podcast is number 26 and rising quickly in the parenting category. I could tell it was rising quickly because there was a little picture of a flame next to it. So uh, that was great. And thank you very much. Find me on what do they call that again? The, uh, the internet's where the, the social media is like that really makes it sound intriguing, I guess. But, um, at Arden's day or at juice box podcast, pretty much anywhere. Check out my type one diabetes blog at ardensday.com. And do not forget, please to find Jenna on the Instagrams. She is diabetes tips. All one word. See you next week.